This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. It's another Tuesday in the 901, which means another episode of Meanwhile in Memphis is on its way to you. So if you are an avid listener by now, you know that I am Christy Mullen, Director of Marketing and Communications here at New Memphis, and I typically have a co-host, but you know, today it's actually just going to be me. Uh, There's no Annas, no other staff joining me, just... Little old me in the words of Jason Derulo. I'm just riding solo over here. So we're going we're gonna to make the best of this. You just get to hear my voice all morning. I don't know if that's a great thing or a good thing, but, or, you know, not a, not a, not a so great thing. But we're going to ride with it. We're going to ro- ride this roller coaster. So I hope you all had a great weekend. Um, mine was one of those weird ones. Um, I think we all know the ones by now. It's one of those where you realize you've kind of been living in a pandemic world for the last three years. Um, so... You know, we're just we're living this life while trying to excel in our careers and have a personal life and make time for dating. And if you're like me, you're really failing hard at that piece. Um, and also just self-care, which is a place I do really excel. My skincare routine is just chef's kiss on point. Um, but we are just kind of all riding this ever-present roller coaster of success and failure. And I don't know about you guys, but I am exhausted. <laughs> So I really just want to take a second this morning to take a moment for all of you out there listening to say, you know, congratulations. Um, these last couple of years have been hard in more ways than I could probably even begin to notate on this podcast. But you, dear, dear listener, you have made it through. Um, and so have I. So you are strong and resilient and determined, just like the Memphians that I and my typical co-hosts get to uplift and celebrate on this podcast each week. So You know, I didn't want to get too cheesy this morning, but I just needed to say that. I needed to say kudos to you and also to me because we've got this. We are making things happen for our city. And so speaking of got this, who do we have on today's episode? Drum roll by me because I don't have anyone here. Um, We have two knowledge leaders from two major Memphis powerhouses. So first up, we will have Ted Townsend, who serves as the Chief Economic Development Officer at the Greater Memphis Chamber. Trying to say that without getting tongue-tied. He is here to, um, you know, he's going to stop by to catch us up on all their work, but primarily the newest initiative they have called Memphis Moves and how, you know, they are really working to showcase the diversity in the tech industry and how, you know, our city is kind of working to attract these businesses and individuals to the area. And then a little later, who will be a nice little segue for that is uh, Tiffany Collins will be here, who is the Director of Strategic Initiatives at the City of Memphis. And not to brag, but she's also a New Memphis LDI grad. So she will be here to give us further insights into digital inclusion, fiber, and exactly what that means for our city. Because I don't know about you, it's a subject I didn't know that much. So if you're confused and are like, Tech Talk for Breakfast, hard pass. Uh, No thanks. I'm going to beg you to take a beat before you hit that button and change the dial because I promise this is an important topic for every Memphian and you need to be aware of it. And again, I too was very lost about it and I work here. Um, So I did some research and I'm kind of just very, I'm trying not to use the word excited because I use the word excited so much and I think people make fun of me for it, but I am very excited for this conversation because I know that I'm about to learn a lot. So you guys just stay tuned, buckle up, and let's just magic school bus this whole situation and conversation together and get into it. So let's go. (laughs) 
Hello, Ted. Welcome. Thank you. It's very exciting to have you here. I know I was joking with you that you made the long trek That's from right. downstairs. Three whole floors. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know, we work in the same building, the beautiful Falls building downtown. We have a beautiful view of the river. Yes, we do. Um, so we're just having an, a great Tuesday. Um, okay, before we dive in. Yes. I have tons of questions for you. All right. You have a very interesting job that I don't even know if I quite understand what it completely means. Sure. But before we get there, I would like to know a little bit about who you are. Introduce yourself to the audience and kind of tell us the journey that led you to what you do today at the Chamber. Wow. Well, it's an honor to be here and to share this today. Um, so my name is Ted Townsend. I'm the Chief Economic Development Officer at the Greater Memphis Chamber. And my journey in economic development really started over 10 years ago yeah. uh, when as a business owner, I started a uh, biopharmaceutical company here in town. And um, obviously it was during the uh, post-recession uh -huh. uh, events. <laughs> and I received information about an opportunity that um, I was intrigued about. And it was uh, when Governor Haslam was coming into office and you know, he had a focus on entrepreneurism and and um, and really, uh, you know, the, the advice was, hey, why don't you consider this? Uh, you know, the governor is from the private sector. He's focused on economic development and creating opportunities, and uh, they are decentralizing and creating regional offices. So I, I then met um, the commissioner under Governor Haslam, who was uh, Bill Haggerty, who's now our senator, and uh, Bill had a similar background coming from the private sector. Anyway, I, yeah. I jumped in and I absolutely loved the work and realized the, the impact right. it could have uh, on exacting change and seeing it reflected in the community. At that time, you know, the state's unemployment was double digits. Um, it was certainly that here in Memphis. So it was, uh, it was intriguing. We got to do a lot of different things and you know, some of the first projects I worked on was keeping international paper here uh, wow. when they were considering Which is options. obviously a success because they are Absolutely. still present and accounted for. They are, and not only that, but they've had a, a spin-out in this last year, yes. Sobamo. Uh, so that's essentially another uh, Another win, here. yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting to come full circle when I started that <laughs> uh, and then, you know, ended up as Assistant Commissioner of Strategy Um which was everything that economic and community development does outside mm -hmm. of business development. So I got a, a universal view of economic programs that right. can impact statewide. And uh, ended up becoming deputy commissioner, chief operating officer. So I had day-to-day -day oversight of the entirety of the department, uh, managing a $500 million uh, State Department budget. Just, um, just, a, just a tiny just a little, little budget. Yeah, yeah, just you a know. tiny budget. Um, but, you know, the, the, the focus was creating an environment where jobs and capital investment right. could be attracted. And I wanted to bring that home and, and be able to do that singularly uh, focused on this region. So it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I, I came back to Memphis. I was commuting to Nashville every oh, wow. week, Monday through Friday. I didn't want to move to Nashville. I yeah. wanted to remain a Memphian because I am a Memphian. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I identify with. I'm passionate about this region, the city, and and see so much potential moving forward. And I'm honored to be a, a small part of that growth. 
that's a really interesting thing that you were commuting that whole time. Mm -hmm. I kind of really love that because I feel it's hard to leave Memphis. It is. Uh, and, and I just could not see myself doing it. And um, so while it was difficult and certainly challenging right. for you know, family dynamics, um, it meant something to me to come home every weekend. And it also meant something to be in Nashville, really one of the only uh, Memphians of a, a level uh, mm -hmm. like that in, in state government, um, who was able to turn eyes west and to understand the importance of, of Memphis to the overall state's economy. Definitely. It's a very needed perspective, yeah. I feel. So it is. kudos to you for doing that well, for so long. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, so we talked a lot. Love that journey. Mm -hmm. Let's level set for our audience a little bit. We yeah. have had our lovely uh, friend ACP, April Childs Potter, on yeah. the podcast before, yeah. um, but it's been a minute. So we have sure. some new listeners. Mm -hmm. I want to just level set first and foremost. What is the chamber? Mm -hmm. What is it that you guys do? Yeah, so we are the, the tip of the spear, really, for um, marketing Memphis, creating a, a business environment so that uh, the companies here can continue to grow and double down, uh, but also uh, we are marketing the market right. so that we can attract new companies here. And, and so we're focused on uh, strengthening the competitive position of Memphis, serving businesses and their needs, and really being the voice of business. Yeah. Uh, but the underlying mission is, and Beverly Robertson, our president and CEO, will, will tell you this, uh, and shout it from the mountaintops, but we are, are dedicated to relentlessly pursuing prosperity for all. What we realize is that for Memphis to thrive and succeed, we have to create on-ramps okay. for participation, really in an innovation economy now, uh, so that all of our citizenry have the opportunity to advance and succeed. Uh, we have to create black wealth in yes. Memphis for us to succeed. Um, so we are driven by these principles every day. We wake up and think, how can we make Memphis more competitive? Mm -hmm. How can we help businesses continue to invest here and create those jobs? How can we prepare our citizens with the skills necessary to compete for these jobs that we're recruiting? And, and then ultimately, you know, position Memphis so that we are in the top of considerations from globally recognized brands. Absolutely. I I find it so interesting because uh, how do you guys go about attracting? I know it's not as easy as like picking up the phone and being like, hey, Mr. Yeah. Businessman, like, will <laughs> you please come to Memphis? We're great. Come right. come live here. How do you guys even start mm -hmm. that process and then bring those businesses in? It's highly complex. I bet. We use a, a sophisticated process. Everything is data driven, which mm -hmm. is why, you know, ACP is so vital and, and the creation of the Center for Economic Competitiveness was a differentiator for us uh, because we don't do anything without business intelligence and insights Perfect. driving yeah. our strategies, driving our initiatives. So we use uh, primarily an industry cluster focus. So we pick industry sectors that we know we have inherent strengths in, okay. uh, but also those that we want to attract here that are more driven by artificial intelligence and cybersecurity <laughs> and emerging tech. Uh, we want those here. Uh, yeah. We also want more electric vehicles here. Yep. Obviously, we were part of the the team that landed Ford and SK Innovation uh, at the mega site just yeah. to the east of us. So. We use a, a, a cluster strategy. We, um, we identify markets where we actually have strengths in 
comparative analysis from their cost of living to their cost of labor. Um, and, and our business environment it has advantages that perhaps where that company is domiciled doesn't have right. access to. So uh, we begin the process of outreach. Um, obviously, our Memphis Moves uh, platform is incredibly exciting. Uh, when we launched that in the fall of last year, since then, we've had over 5 million impressions, um, thousands and thousands of click-throughs, and we're getting interest from companies now in our target market right. uh, strategies that we wouldn't have had before. So we use a, a digital push. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a, a dedicated team of directors of business development that are focused on outreach, direct outreach. Uh, we we cross-section that with uh, tools like LinkedIn Sales Navigator yeah. so that we can identify contacts within these companies and, and begin the process of forming those relationships directly. That's so interesting to me. It's, it's a very complex mm-hmm. model, yeah. but it, the core is simple, right? Because you're is. kind of, you're using data to capitalize on future growth Absolutely. for our city at the end of the day. Yeah. And one, one um, thrust that we're really excited about now is marketing our black tech talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, an initiative out of our People Powered Prosperity, which I'm sure April uh, <laughs> talked to you all about uh, through our MEM Measures report. But uh, just to remind listeners, it was an exercise where uh, Memphis, along with Indianapolis and Orlando, right. uh, were selected by Brookings to go through their economic inclusivity lab. Out of that, we ended up with a dashboard of 40 indicators that measure the strength or the lack thereof of our economy. Uh, It wasn't enough just to have that dashboard though. We had to have a comparative of other markets that we typically compete with. This is really fierce competition with these other cities. Everyone is vying for these kinds of headlines and, and major announcements, right? So we have to compete. And we selected nine other cities to develop a cohort and Uh, These are cities in the central spine of the U.S. They have similar demographics, population sizes, industry mix Mm -hmm. even. Um, They're not apples to apples, but it helps us to understand where Memphis is positioned. Yeah, for sure. And you can imagine out of those 40 indicators, it's pretty sobering. Um, But there was one where we actually were in first place. Okay. And that was the percentage of black tech talent in computer occupations. Mm -hmm. So we began the process of asking, well, why? Why are we number one? Right, and that. Uh, Because we would be asked that. Um, So we uh, really did a lot of intensive research. We went through the McKinsey Report uh, from the uh, February of 2021, where it showed that 56.5% of the black African-American talent in the U.S. is located in the Southeast. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the job growth, especially in tech, is occurring in our coastal cities. Yeah. So it's disconnected from this amazing wealth of talent. And uh, further, um, I beg the question, I said, well, for number one out of these 10 cities, what does that look like nationally? Right. Against an Austin and Atlanta and the Silicon Valley. Yeah, the heavy Boston. hitters, like where right, do we stand? Right. Yeah. And when we looked at the top 53 markets nationally uh, with populations of a million or more people, we're still number one. That's Amazing, it's but kind of crazy. Territory, yeah. Really. So we decided to really weaponize that narrative. Okay. We weren't telling that story. No, we, allowed, we were not. Yeah. We allowed other markets to tell that story, and and we had data to prove it out. So 
isn't it always fun when you it have is. the numbers to back it up? Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, there's a confidence. Yes. Uh, obviously, there's there's a pride that is genuine and authentic, and we're able to weave that into, as I said, our narrative as we market Memphis to the Apples and Microsofts of the world to say. If you have diversity, equity, and inclusion mm -hmm. as one of your primary drivers right now, corporate-wide, and you are investing in the U.S. in a built environment creating jobs and opportunity, then Memphis needs to be on your short list. Absolutely. And if you just look at Apple alone, they have less than 1% of their workforce are African-American. Less than 1%. Wow. Now they've they have recognized this. Mm -hmm. They are working to uh, to write yeah. that, um, but their goal is to hit twenty five percent by twenty twenty five. Now you can't do that in Cupertino, California. You have to look at other options of where you're placing investments, mm -hmm. and uh, and so they've made a commitment and and they are talking the talk, and we're going to help them walk the walk and do that right here in Memphis, hopefully. Wow, that's I mean that's exciting. Like I what I hear you saying is that Memphis, you know, we are becoming this hub for yes. black tech talent and yes. I know that there are still barriers to the pipeline issue and those things exist, but it sounds mm -hmm. like the chamber along with well, you guys are really leading the charge and helping other people kind of right. mend those barriers and combat them. Yeah, we are absolutely and you know, again, it's just getting the story out there, communicating it in such a way and having the the data and the analysis that prove us right. as, as having this this position of strength. Um, you know, we have to consider the facts and we, and we allow facts to also drive us. Um, and it's not just the, the data point that I shared, but it's the realities too mm -hmm. that we we recognize every day as we walk through Memphis and, and understand the challenges uh, and pain points that um, some of our households are experiencing. But 25% of the citizens in, in Memphis live in poverty mm -hmm. as de defined by Housing and Human Services. Um, Shelby County is home to the highest percentage of uh, SNAP or food stamp recipients, 19% of our county population are on these social services. 14% uh, of Memphians never graduated from high school. Um, and home ownership obviously is is the lowest in the nation, 17% um, actually lower than the national average. Right. So we have to correct all of these things. And we feel that an opportunity in tech gives that, that hope um, and that drive toward increasing household incomes breaking cycles of generational poverty and and creating that black wealth that we're talking about the, the IT positions on average um, are, are you know far above what uh, other industry salaries are uh, typically it's in the 60,000s per year mm -hmm. and and a lot of these jobs don't require a degree right uh, companies are more focused now on roles than they are degrees or credentials so <clears throat> we know that certifications uh, like you know, Code Crew uh, provides and Tech 901. Um, these are highly condensed, and folks uh, can come out of that um, earning a, an incredible wage. This is something that I always want to ask, especially when mm -hmm. I have someone as great as you in the oh. room. Is <laughs> that you know people are listening to this right now? Like yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, this doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I would 
argue, and I feel like you would too. So I want to ask, since I have you here, mm-hmm. why should the average Memphian care about this amazing topic? Well, you know, I think the the economic opportunity uh, of untapped potential in, in race and gender disparities are significant. They mm-hmm. have to be focused on. Um, if you consider in 2019 alone, race and gender gaps cost $2.6 trillion of foregone gross domestic like product trillion, nationally. With yes, a T. With a T. That's insane. Right, foregone. Um, and for Tennessee, if we... If we were to close the racial and gender gaps, the state's GDP would have increased by $37 billion wow. annually from 2005 to 2019. Um, that's uh, actually, you know, the state's budget alone now is $52 billion. So, uh, so it's necessary to focus on this. And really, technology-related jobs are one of the faster-growing occupational For groups sure. in Memphis. Uh, expanded 7% uh, from t- 2015 to 2020. Um, so, you know, we have to focus on this. It took us 10 years to recover from the recession. 10 years. And only then did we see nominal incremental growth, right. 1.34% job growth in 2018, 2019. So the majority of that happened right before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Then we get punched in the face by the pandemic. Like, yeah, just clear out of yeah. the blue. It, no. But there is a buoyancy and a resiliency right now mm-hmm. in our regional market, and we have to continue to build on that momentum. We are a 1,000 jobs shy of our pre-pandemic job levels. Oh, wow. Most of that is represented in hospitality, right. healthcare, and education. That's not a surprise. But what that tells me is that we are seeing growth in our other sectors. Um, And in fact, uh, just 2021 alone, we had 4.4 billion uh, in in growth in our gross regional product. Uh, That far surpassed the the national uh, GDP growth of 5.5%. So we were at 6.2%. That's only the second time in the last decade that we have outpaced the national average. Yeah. And, And a lot of that is driven by those sectors that I talked about earlier, supply chain and logistics grew by 13%, double-digit growth year over year. And that's not a surprise given who we have here right. with FedEx, uh, but it's the other modalities of transportation, rail, river, and road. Um, so we have a lot going for us. Um, we saw an increase in advanced manufacturing as well, uh, 7% growth. We saw Uh, 7.4% growth in business services. So our corporate uh, footprint is growing here as well. Uh, uh, So a lot of this is showing that Memphis is investable. We are recovering. Mm -hmm. There is uh, an opportunity for resilience with the Blue Oval City coming in and introducing a new subsector of advanced manufacturing. Um, So I have a, a great deal of optimism um, that is every day jolted by realism and and a sense of urgency. Yes. We're never satisfied. I, I like that perspective a lot because <laughs> yeah. I feel so often, one, Memphians are our own biggest critic. Yeah. We sometimes forget to celebrate all of those things you were just talking about. Like That's right. Memphis is doing some really big stuff and we're doing it right. Absolutely. Now, that is not to absolve us of the no. ways that we are missing the mark and doing it wrong, That's right. which you've also touched on. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of places we still need to grow, mm-hmm. but where we're going is kind of impressive. It is, it is. And, and we wanna make sure that where we're going 
is is fully uh, expressed within our community that everyone gets to participate and experience this incredible journey that we're on absolutely um, I you know I was in Nashville for those five years I got to to see the explosive growth uh, but I can tell you we have every attribute if not more that Nashville has and I get a sense that we're building toward this crescendo of transformational growth yeah. and I, I know that that you know we're excited about it and we should celebrate these wins uh, there are going to be many more to come that just gives me a little I know you talked about like a goosebump moment earlier yeah. and I'm a nerd for Memphis I mean I do this podcast weekly yeah. where we celebrate the great people in our community like you that mm -hmm. work for amazing organizations like the chamber mm -hmm. but the change that is actually being implemented and made possible for our city is kind of breathtaking and it's why yeah. I choose to stay in Memphis That's and call right. it home. So thank you so much for the work you do every day. Uh, and it's a pleasure. for those listening who we've heard all about these initiatives, there's so much more to learn. I wish that I could keep you here for a full hour because there's so many questions that we could go into. I could talk all day I about know. this. <laughs> but like if the listener, the average listener wants to learn mm -hmm. more or keep up with some of the chambers of initiatives like the mm -hmm. Memphis uh, Memphis Moves, correct? Yes, memphismoves.com. Um, perfect. So that's one place you can yes. go, guys. They are an initiative. Y'all are basically trying to just promote the economic assets of our city, correct? That's right. Yeah, that is our uh, that is our commercial. That's uh, the commercial, the, the tagline. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, and, and we, we chose that very intentionally, Memphis Moves. Uh, yeah. Memphis Moves uh, any product anywhere in the world overnight, right? But it also yep. moves your soul. Yes. It moves your taste buds and earbuds, right? So, I love that. Um, so we want to make sure that everything we, we put out there is reflective of our community, uh, showing our diversity and, and celebrating it, having success stories. All of that can be found on memphismoves.com. We, we created a, a video uh, we call it our love letter uh, <laughs> to the world. Um, but uh, in many cases, we see it as a love letter to Memphis to remind Memphians of how special we truly are. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's your action item to it those is. listening. Like, go to Memphis Moves. Go to Memphis Moves. Check out that video. Absolutely. Learn some more. If you have questions, the Chamber will love to talk to you. Just go on their website. You will see a list of people you can email and ask. Absolutely. They have so many amazing people doing incredible work. And so before you leave us, Ted, yes. there is one question I like to end this podcast with every time. Absolutely. I do not prep the person coming in for this question because I want your raw, <laughs> res yeah. honest response. Okay. So. I'll give it. What does being a Memphian mean to you? It means community to me. Um, a community of pride. It, you know, it's embodied in so many symbols and phrases, as we know, Memphis versus everybody. <laughs> um, but Memphis provides opportunity through that community. You can plug in here yes. so easily uh, versus other cities. Um, and we hear that time and time again. Once people get here, if they are um, born outside of, of Memphis and they reside here, it gets into their soul. Yeah. And, and they become an outside native and, um, and embrace this community because the community embraces them. So if there's one word, I would say it is community. And, and we want to make sure that the tapestry of that is 
what is expressed and, and marketed on a daily basis to the world. That was it. See, look how great you did with no prep <laughs> with no either. Prep. It's like you're a professional or uh, something. Well, thanks. <laughs> it is my day job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted, thank you so much. I know you're thank a busy you. man. Thank yeah. you for taking the no, time to pleasure. be here and educate me. I learned some things sure. this morning, but most of all, our audience, um, I know that this is very important work. Yeah. And it is one of those things that is so complex that it can sometimes be scary right. to try and understand for the average person who doesn't, you know, doesn't like you and does this exactly. work every single day of their life. Yeah. So I think you did a wonderful job of oh, thank you. level setting the stage for hey, us. And, and there's opportunity to join the movement, that, as we say. What, we yep. want everybody to be deputized economic developers because we all have a responsibility <laughs> to I love that. Yeah. Well, we'll have you back so okay. we can get an update on some of these wonderful things you that bet. we've talked about. And Anytime. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Is there someone that you think should be on Meanwhile in Memphis and would be an amazing radio show and podcast guest? Well, we want to hear from you. Send them our way. Info at newmemphis.org is where you can email your suggestions for our next guest. We want to serve the community that listens to us every week because we appreciate you. And we have a broad network, but we know that you are also connected to people that we may not be aware of. So, again, email us your podcast suggestions at info at newmemphis.org. And we hope to hear from you soon. All right, guys, we are here in studio with Tiffany Collins. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you. I've never gotten to meet you before, so this is my first time meeting you. You as well. So, guys, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast because I get to talk to Memphians like Tiffany about the work you're leading to push our city forward. But, you know, before we dive into that and all the wonderful things you're doing, I want to take a beat. Introduce yourself to the listening audience and just tell us a little bit about you and what led you to the city of Memphis. Okay. Tiffany Collins, Director of Strategic Initiatives. I um, have been with the city almost seven years now. Wow. And time flies when you're having fun. I also have the privilege, of course, of being a new Memphis executive gra class graduate. Yes, so that, LDI. <laughs> so that uh, LDI uh, is something that I uh, cherish. Um, so what led me to Memphis, I'm a native Memphian. Okay, awesome. Um, but what led me to the city of Memphis, a couple of years ago, um, there was an opportunity that I applied for, and it was, I didn't think, I guess you really don't know what government is like. Right. And I thought it was going to be the same thing every day. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, there has been no day like the last one. Um, so my role as director of strategic initiatives mm -hmm. encompasses, uh, of course, our broadband programming, mm -hmm. our group violence intervention program. I still support some of our COVID programming. Okay. And any other initiative that or opportunity that pre presents to the city yeah. um, that needs someone to um, stand in and, and get us on the other side of um, completion. Awesome. So that is where I am. Uh, I enjoy working for the city, and uh, it's always a good thing to do work that has a, a tangible on the mm -hmm. other side for the citizens. They can see it and feel it, and um, that, that's always a good thing. That's amazing. Do you ever feel, I feel like whenever you hear someone's working for the government, you're like, oh, high pressure. Like, how do you, I want to know how you feel. Like, what is your favorite part about waking up and going to work every day? Sometimes there are opportunities where I get to drive to work uh -huh. and I see things that maybe I haven't done, but I know that there's someone in the organization that 
their work brought that to oh, wow. to life. Yeah. And it's always very proud. Uh, you, you know, we should really be proud of our city government as a whole. It's a very hardworking people, uh, forward thinking, mm-hmm. uh, and we do the best with the resources that we have. Um, so for me, I think that's what I find impressive because you can look around and you can yeah. see this person. I know that team. I know who did that. Right. And, and it's not like per se the leadership, but I know that their team was yeah. out there or someone. You know, you think about solid waste or public works. You think about all the trees that we had down mm-hmm. weeks ago, and you don't, you don't. They're starting to clear up, and those are, you know, teams of people on solid waste and public works that are getting out there and Absolutely. really working. And, and you have to be proud about that. I really like that perspective because I think so often you forget that behind every piece of whatever is happening in our city from government to nonprofit to just organizations in general, there are people behind it. Like there are people dedicating their life's work to make certain things happen. Um, And to your point, it is really cool when you have that almost full circle understanding of like, oh, hey, I know, insert name here led the team that helped that happen like it makes you more appreciative I guess of your surroundings I think so I mean I love that perspective so you talked a little bit you touched on this already about the initiatives that you kind of control like the broadband and um, things like that tell me a little bit more about those like What's your favorite? What, you know? They're all my favorite children. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I can't pick a favorite. I can't pick a favorite. They're all my favorite children. They are all so important. It's so interesting. And I I guess I can say I'm so fortunate to have programming that is so on on the front burner of everybody in America, right? Um, but it's a big responsibility. So yeah. um, broadband, for like, you know, you've seen, even on a federal level, mm-hmm. the conversation surrounding broadband infrastructure and investment Absolutely. has been a very big conversation. Uh, if the pandemic did anything, it highlighted the digital divide very in communities so. across the country. So to have the opportunity to engage in that work is, um, it's, it's, it's a, I'm fortunate. And I feel the same way about uh, group violence intervention. Now, what I what I wish is that we didn't need it. Uh, yeah. Right. Like I wish that we weren't in a situation where we were trying to combat um, an excessive amount of gun violence. Yeah. But I have the opportunity to have an impact to improve the life of Memphians. So for that, and that's something that's important, of course, on a federal level. It's been exasperated, of course, in the last couple of years. We are not the only city no. who are in this yeah. predicament. I have conversations with individuals across the country that are doing the same kind of work. So to have that opportunity to engage and, and benchmark and, and on both the subjects, mm-hmm with individuals, you know, across the country and figure out best practices and how do we how do we take what we have and make the most of it. It's been great. Uh, of course, the COVID programming, of course, we're kind of, things have gotten better, so yeah. we're not as engaged. But We're like, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. Notice I said that's over. Yes. I didn't say that was over. Right. They're like, we're working towards better days. Yes, it's like, <laughs> we're not that engaged because they've gotten better. But, but with that, um, it's just the, everything that I've had the pleasure of dealing with, yeah. so to speak, is, is, they're just extremely important things. So with those initiatives, specifically like the broadband initiative, what kind of is in place to develop our city for more tech opportunity? Well, I don't know if you all remember, um, but last year um, in the State of the City Address, the mayor 
revealed the uh, Accelerate Memphis mm-hmm. plan. And in that plan, they had set aside a couple, about $7 million. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But about $7 million. Um, for, in the millions. In the millions. Um, to, for broadband. Okay. And that was just, as they looked at, I mean, Accelerate Memphis is a, a holistic plan. It has, you know, improvements for the old Melrose High School. And it's a great pro plan. Right. And it's it's moving along. And I'm very proud uh, of the work that's being done from that, that team. Um, uh, shout out to Craig Hodge. <laughs> he, he's working very hard to get these things going. Love a coworker shout out. <laughs> and um, so that was in uh, like fe- January, February okay. of 2021. Okay. And um, as luck would have it, later on the year, the uh, American Rescue Plan Act was pushed out from a federal level. And initially those funds uh, were very, um, they had a very narrow focus okay. and they really were just for like COVID things and right. things like that. But um, as luck would have it, the federal government expanded the uses of what you could do with American Rescue, okay. Rescue Plan dollars. So it went from COVID programming to um, broadband infrastructure and uh, group volunteers crime mitigation right so we were able to take some of that money and spread it out and and rethink what we thought we were going to do absolutely um, in a broadband space so we allocated 20 million dollars of our arpa um grant funds and uh in in including those with your um the accelerate memphis funds of earlier that year we are starting to explore uh, what is the best course of action Absolutely. to expand broadband throughout the city and what that looks like um, and what is the best use of the dollars. In all honesty, we need $600 million. Right. <laughs> right? It's like, well, first we need more money. <laughs> we, That's we, always the case. <laughs> we need more. Uh, so we're looking um, at the community and looking at um, opportunities that exist in communities, whether it is access mm-hmm. or infrastructure, hardware, or just you know, do we just need to connect people yeah. to services? Like there are so many uh, programs like Comcast and other providers have that will help people get um, internet service um, from, you know, at a rate in which they can afford. You know, what we realize is that so many people across our community, they're not using um, actual broadband. They're using mm-hmm. their phones. Right. And you can't go to school from your phone. Nope. You can't, you know, apply for a job from your phone. So we really have to work to see what tools people need so that everyone can um, be in the 20, 21st century using that internet access to its highest and best use. Right. And it's about gaining that accessibility as well, like mm-hmm. building those gaps. Because as you said, I think a lot of us take for granted how much tech is readily of it like I come to my office every day and I have direct access to tech I go home I have a wi-fi connection because that is something I am lucky enough to afford that's not the case and I know I was like browsing through the website in the Catalyst 30 initiative and I saw that um one of the statistics was that in underserved communities 45 percent of teens cannot even finish their homework due to no internet access at home that like if you would have asked me I would have been like okay that number is probably 20% which is still too high but 45% that is insane it is insane and even if they were fortunate enough to have 
a provider. Right. They may live in a neighborhood that has poor uh, upload yeah. and download speeds. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think that so often when people like me or the average listener are listening to conversations like this from the city or earlier today we had on Ted Townsend from the chamber to talk about some of the stuff they're doing. I think a lot of times people are like, well, I have internet. Why should this matter to me? Like it does matter to you because if kids in school right now do not have access to internet, one, that's a problem, but two, that's our growing workforce. Those are the leaders and change makers of tomorrow for our city that do not have basic access to the things they need. That's an all of us problem. It is. Like, and I'm, so I'm just curious from your perspective, like how the, we have, we've already just touched on how that's a big way that these efforts like broadly affect the Memphis community. But, you know, I just think that, you know, the pandemic, as you mentioned, brought to light and exacerbated some of these things. Where do you believe Memphis is really getting it right and making forward change happen in this kind of initiative? And where do you think we still have a long way to go? I think where we're getting it right, as you mentioned, you spoke with Ted Towson. We as a city, and not like city government, but citizens as a whole, there are so many people right now that are working to build up our broadband and even the wireless space. There's so many people that I've interacted with that are invested in trying, everybody is cognizant. Like people who, everyone has looked around and said, you know what, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And to your point, we talked about the workforce. If you look back at um, early in the pandemic when SDS did not go back to campus and they had to give tablets out and then they had to give out MiFi's Mm -hmm. to to kids that didn't have internet access at home right that that couldn't that didn't go unnoticed Mm -mm. right so I think that I think that's what we've gotten right that our community as a whole our business community our nonprofits our our private sector everyone has said you know what it's time we need to band together so I mean you Andre folks um there, uh, everyone who's on the panel yes. uh, is, is highly engaged in trying to expand this space, the city. So I think that's where we've gotten it right. Um, I don't want to say we've got anything wrong, wrong. yeah. But, but where, where do we have some moves to make, Steph? I think some of the things that some things are not our fault. There's some things that I'd like to be different, right? Um, so. The city of Memphis received $161 million in ARPA funds. Mm. St. Louis received at least three or four times that. Wow. We're no different in size. Right. Um, but there are some uh, antiquated formulations mm-hmm. on how those funds are allocated across the country, across municipalities. That's and, interesting. And it would, I would love to see those type of things. Um, they look at the aging of, like, the... Of the housing Mm -hmm. and then that determines how you get certain funds and we don't have a lot of our homes are pretty new right Right. (laughs) so a lot of those things have not given us like it had we got uh, an amount of money based on the income brackets of our citizens of our poverty level, mm-hmm. unemployment rates, crime rates. Had we gotten funds based on the hard ten, like things that you the and I see, the hard data, yeah. yes, we would have received far more funds, and we would be able to do far more things than we are now. So I think those are the things that I'd like to see different. I'd like right. to see some of those allocation formulations revisited. Um, 
But what I would urge is that everyone is cognizant. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we should all be, you know, for the people who are, are working on this, for the ones who are not aware, just remember everyone doesn't have internet access. Nope. Um, when we were doing things like um, thinking of registration to get a, a vaccine, mm -hmm. we, we were using our phones. Yep. It's like, oh, we can just, you can just use your phone and scan. And we kind of had to say, okay, everybody doesn't have, Correct. An, let's start with everybody doesn't have an iPhone. So everybody doesn't have this. They don't have access, understanding. And we had to, sometimes accessibility is not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. We think about accessibility for those with disabilities, but sometimes it's accessibility for those that don't have the same means. Correct. So I think those are things that we can be cognizant of until we get to a point that we, that we know that we've made the investments across our, our city. Absolutely. It's about bridging that digital divide and making it more accessible and equitable and all of those things. And so I think all of this conversation we're having, I know, can feel very big and kind of confusing to the listener. If this is your first foray into this, trust me, I used to be there um, before I started doing this work with New Memphis. It was like a thing that when I first started learning about, it, I was like, whoa, this is a lot of information. So just when people, some people are listening like that, who are like, okay, I hear all of this info. I know this is a problem. How do you simplify the message of what the city of Memphis is doing to help bridge this gap? The city of Memphis is engaging in conversations with all of our partner organizations. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, we're working with individuals across the country that have looked at cities who previously had the same issues we have with broadband infrastructure. And we are trying to make sure that we allocate our resources to the highest and best use so we can help help Memphians. That was a wonderful answer. First of all, if I, that's just snaps to you. That <laughs> was great. You. It's hard when you sometimes ask a person to simplify a grand project and everything we've talked about today, but you just did it flawlessly. And so if people want to keep up with them, what you guys are doing, where's the best place for them to go? So the Accelerate Memphis plan is on the city's website okay. and we update all of the projects and the broadband project is a part of that. Okay. So um, that should, you know, but I expect um, broadband is, um, it's, it's just a big, yeah. big thing that people love to um, talk about. I expect that as our project continues to grow and develop, mm -hmm. there'll be more out front communications. Right. I'm super excited to see what, as this work progresses and as it continues, what that what that data looks like we have the hard data from the beginning and it'll be interesting to see in like the next two to three years where we're we're at that's exciting we're, yeah it's where we are at with the unemployment rates yes. and it, you know it's it, it the things that a person can do with their lives if they have the tools and access and resources Absolutely. with broadband being one, of, being one of them it's um it's something you cannot imagine yeah it's the whole point of the strategic initiatives, right? It's the whole plan. They're working to solve <laughs> key issues it's, in our city. And absolutely. Tiffany's leading the charge, guys. <laughs> and so before, I, I would be remiss if I did not ask you, because as you mentioned, actually, I didn't even have to mention it first. You are a New Memphis LDI graduate, Leadership Development Intensive. Um, it is a 
program here at New Memphis is one of our leadership development programs for senior level leaders, which you guys have heard me talk about our programming over and over again. But when we have a graduate like you who is doing work like this, that is so crucial to our city. Well, I just want to ask you, what was your program experience like? Wow. So my program experience was, first of all, we did it last year. Yeah. And it, we had the pleasure of being in person. And I don't think it would have worked any other way. Yeah, I'll say that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, I, I'll start by saying it was therapeutic. I don't Good. think that, I don't think that is uh, an overstatement. It was, it was very eye-opening as you, you learn more about yourself than mm-hmm. you ever thought that you could learn. And you learn about the personalities and how to interact with other people and on a much higher, um, in a more cognizant level. Right. And... I think that there, if there's anyone who is in senior leadership, um, I know that you people, you've done programs. Right. And people <laughs> say, oh, I've done this. You haven't done this until you have done this. And so you probably have set in and taken all types of personality tests right. and done team building experience. But I guarantee you um, it's an experience like no other. And I think that anyone who is in senior leadership would be doing themselves a very high favor if they looked into the program. Guys, I did not pay Tiffany to say this. <laughs> I didn't even pay her to be here. She came to talk to me because of the kindness of her heart and then just gave that amazing plug for our programming. Like, that was, I love that you said, that is something I've never had another guest say, is that it was therapeutic. And the reason I think I resonate with that so much is I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about the kind of work I do. Because a lot of people, especially don't live in the Memphis area, if I'm like, I work for New Memphis, we're leadership, they're like, what does that mean? You know? And so I was like, well, we help people kind of become self-aware of who they are, how they are, and how that reflects in their organizational leadership. And I was like, you are never done learning. I think the most well-established leaders know that is rule number one. You can always learn more. But number two, the amount of self-awareness sometimes that our programming gives, I'm like, I did not deserve to be read today. (laughs) Like, that was not, I was like, it's true. I'm learning this about myself, but wow. And so for you to say that as someone who's been through that, I've obviously, I'm not there yet. I'm not at your level yet. I'm a younger leader at the mid range. I'm not at the top yet. But to hear someone of your caliber state that, I just find very... I don't know. A refreshing is the only word that comes to mind because it's it's nice to hear that even when you reach a stage like you are in your career, you realize there's still things to gain. I think I need I'll need to go back in like five to six years, so. <laughs> like get a refresh, get a, a little LDI refresher. Yes. So I thank you so much, Tiffany, for doing that. There is one question. Absolutely. I love to end this podcast with every time we don't prepare you for it. Okay. Because I want your fresh, just instant response. What does it mean to you to be a Memphian? So I truly think that Memphians are the coolest people on the planet. You get a big retweet from me for that one. <laughs> I, I do. And I feel like Memphis is a far more diverse city than we actually give it credit yes. for. And you have to go away from Memphis to understand how awesome it is. Um I feel um, I feel lucky. You know, I actually had a thought a couple of days ago of what life would be like if I were born somewhere else. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, tell, please tell me more. And 
I, I thought what my makeup would be like mm-hmm. what what would who would I be like how would my environment mold me and what I what I thought is meh probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that you know being a Memphian it's 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 a it's a benefit yeah it, it's a benefit Memphis is um when Memphis is one of the few cities I we, I interact with professionals across the country yeah. who do the same kind of work that I do and um when I the things that we see we don't really think that we're lucky we don't realize the high level of connectivity that we have right. in our city we don't understand how that is in that like you can't put a price on that and you don't find that other places mm-hmm. and I feel lucky like I, I go into other airports and when I'm traveling and I feel like I'm just I'm cool because yeah. <laughs> I mean why not? Yeah. I'm from, I'm from, and here's the thing: you never go anywhere and say you're from Memphis and no one knows where you're from. Right. <laughs> that is wonderful because you were correct. <laughs> and for one reason or another, and they always have a question for mm-hmm. you. It, always. Yeah. For so, for better or for worse, there is always worse. a question. <laughs> There's always a question. And if and what what our job is, if the question is bad. It's to turn it into a positive, yep. and the question is good, then I'm going to build on it. Yeah. And by the time I'm done, you're going to be wondering, should I go there for yeah. the weekend? Like, I think Memphis might be for me. Maybe I should. I should check it out. That was that was a great answer. I feel like you have just answered all my questions <laughs> flawlessly, first of all, so I'm just kind of so happy for that. <laughs> um, you made my job very easy this morning, running solo today. Yeah. To your point. You never know who you're going to get to sit next to in a room. And I guarantee you, out of all the rooms you walk into in Memphis, you are 80% likely to run into someone who has been through a new Memphis program. Gives you an instant thing to talk about, guys. Not to make a casual plug, but you heard it from Tiffany. Like, it is this transformative experience. Being a Memphian is a transformative experience, and I don't know where I would be without it. I know you just said you don't know where you'd be without it. So... I think that's an amazing message to leave the the audience with today. I think so. Yeah. I think so. We should all, um, we should love our city. We should cherish it, protect it, Mm -hmm. and support it. Yep. And if you have a problem with it, be a part of the solution. Absolutely. Or, you know, if you don't want to be a part of the solution, maybe you should consider leaving. I don't want you to. I want to retain your talent. But. (laughs) Don't leave. Yeah. We do not want you to leave. That is not my want. (laughs) But I would also love for every person that has an issue or takes umbrage with our city Maybe consider involving an organization who is working to solve the problem that you're seeing. Because, again, Tiffany knows, I know, our city is not full. I mean, it has its issues, as every city does. But it also has, as we always say, a lot of people working to combat those issues. It does. And you all have programming to help people understand that they don't have to be in New Memphis program participants so always I mean not that I here I am okay (laughs) but they have programming you know and I've actually referred people who were new to Memphis Mm -hmm. to the new Memphis programming just to kind of get a feel for it so there's a lot our city is great it really is there's a lot to do and see there's a lot to lean in there's always something to Mm do um, I think you just kind of have to get out there. It's not going to come to you. Kind of yep. like, kind of like dating. You know, uh, look, you don't even get me started on dating. <laughs> it's not going to come to you by sitting on your couch. But I promise you, if you lean in just yep. a little bit, you'll feel it. You'll catch the vibe. Memphis is a place you can kind of just be who you put the effort into wanting to be. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to embroider that on a pillow and wrap this episode up. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>
All right. We just had an incredible episode. I feel like I have learned a whole lot that some things I knew from research, some things I didn't. I feel like I have a new respect uh, for the work and positive things that are going on in Memphis. Um, As you know, I'm a big proponent of positivity and always looking forward. Um, But there are things happening in our city that we don't always get to see in the forefront and we don't always get to talk about because the negative is so focused on. But Memphis is truly not to no pun intended, making moves um, from the chamber to the city things are happening and that's not to take away from the things that Memphis still needs to work on. Guys, we have a long way to go. Memphis is not perfect. No city ever is. But it's so important, not just to me, but for you to take a look around you and actually acknowledge what's going right. Um, I think from the start of this episode to the end, that's the running theme is, you know, we're all putting in the work to show up as our best selves. The city of Memphis is putting in the work to show up as its best self. We sometimes fail, but it's all about the journey and trying. So with that, I am going to hit some end of show announcements. Uh, After listening to today's conversation, if it, you know, you got a little spark of interest, you're like, ooh, want to learn more um or you know it could have you even more confused which is also a possibility and you're like what the heck um you are in luck because new memphis is celebrate what's right what the tech get it because i'm punny We'll continue the discussion of why digital equity requires access and fiber is the key while covering, you know, why our city's current broadband infrastructure is what it is, what it is, and the innovations taking place that impact the community. Um, Just join us to see how Memphis is getting smart when it comes to bridging the digital divide and meeting the demands of today's digital age. panelists that will be here as you heard us allude to doug mcgowan who is the chief operating officer at city of memphis will be a panelist including lisa moore president and ceo of girls inc andre folks president at start co stephen willoughby executive director of citizens fiber initiative group and our moderator will be the forever awesome paul young who is president and ceo of the downtown memphis commission so guys come on out it's an in-person event you get lunch you get a panel conversation you get to meet and network with memphians You hear us say all the time about transforming Memphis through the power of connection. You have absolutely no idea who you will meet by coming to this luncheon and sitting next to a person in a room. It could be the person that lands you your next perfect job, who lands you your next perfect volunteer opportunity. We even have love stories that have occurred from New Memphis events and programming. So, you know, if dating is a challenge for you, as it is for me, it's a possibility. I'm too busy working these events to get to take advantage of it, so I need some of you people too. Um, and as always, New Memphis is recruiting for our said programs that you've heard us mention. Um, you can easily throw your hat in the ring by applying at newmemphis.org. Also, you know I say it all the time, and not just because I'm the director of the marketing communications work. But if you are not already following us on the socials, you can find us at the New Memphis. And this is the best place to keep up with upcoming events, important partner news, our classes, and just so much more. And we even do giveaways and cool things from time to time. Our partners, if you're looking for volunteer opportunities, board opportunities, um, just event tickets and just things like that. We're a great place to stop and see where you can get involved and just plug into the city. So lastly my favorite thing to do in my call to you. Okay. New Memphis is a 501c3 nonprofit. 
you know what that means. It means we are dependent on the gifts of generous individuals like you to do the work we do every day. So from leadership development to supporting your city's teachers to helping college students launch their careers here and not leave, we help strengthen our city and, again, transform Memphis through the power of connection. So whether you are interested in donating or sponsoring an event or you just want to get involved and help your city or figure out even the building blocks and small steps you need to take to figure out how to do that. You can do all of these things by visiting newmemphis.org or you can even email me personally, christy at newmemphis.org, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at newmemphis.org, and I will get you where you need to go because it is important to me that every one of you listening does something to make Memphis better. Um, I I love to call this place home. I want you to love to call this place home, too. So let's just do this thing together, okay? I'm not going to sing the high school musical, We're All in This Together, because I could get sued by Disney. Who knows? But we all are in this together, and I hope you guys had a phenomenal morning and have a great Tuesday, and I will see you next week. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.